Are you scared? Get ready as I take you on a journey through horror films of the past and present, and open your minds as I share with you real paranormal experiences that myself and others have encountered. My name is Steve, and welcome to my horror section. Episode 4, The Dark and the Wicked Woods. As I walk through the forest, only the silver of the moon to light my path, it watches. It surrounds me, wants me to look upon its face, but I dare not turn my head. I just keep walking. Twigs snap, leaves dance in the wind, and the sound of the unknown chills my soul. I just keep walking. Shadows bouncing off tree limbs plays tricks on the mind, like the arms of hell reaching out for me. I just keep walking. My heart pounds as the fear rises. It's on my heels, nearly pressed up against me. But I won't look back. I just keep walking. I finally breathe as I see the edge of the forest. Emerging from the trees and bathed in moonlight, I finally stop walking. It still wants me to look at it. I can feel its eyes on me. Safe in the light of the moon, I turn my head and gaze upon the face of all fear. The fear that grips us all. Darkness. That was by yours truly, Steve Boyer. Thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we'll be taking a look at Brian Bertino's The Dark and the Wicked. After that, I'll be sharing with you another horrifying paranormal experience of my very own. Part 1. The Dark and the Wicked This film embodies the essence of true horror. This is one of those few horror films that actually gets a 10 out of 10 from me, and I'll be explaining why. The Dark and the Wicked is an American horror film written and directed by Brian Bertino. I have a great deal of respect for Mr. Bertino in the world of horror after seeing other films from him like The Strangers and The Monster. The Dark and the Wicked had its world premiere at the Fantasia International Film Festival on August 28th of 2020, prior to its official release on November 6th of 2020. This is one of the many films that did not get the reception it deserved due to the world being in a state of uh, chaos during the COVID-19 pandemic. So to give you a plot summary of the film, evil has cast its shadow over a family on a farm in rural Texas. Louise and her brother Michael have been called back to their childhood home by a friend of the family. Their father is very ill and currently in a coma being looked after by their mother and an at-home nurse. It is made clear from the start that something very dark is here. Louise and Michael can see that their mother is deeply disturbed by something other than the failing health of their father. Mother did not want her children there. You shouldn't have come, she'd say repeatedly to them. The dark presence has taken its toll on the mother, and she ends up hanging herself in the barn. Her children find her the next morning. Now they are left alone with their dying father, the nurse, and an entity that remains unnamed. 
Louise finds the diary of her mother, revealing that the darkness plaguing their parents has been going on for some time now. In the course of one week, this poor family is decimated by evil incarnate. This is a very psychological horror film, forcing you to use your imagination to create the fear that you're experiencing. Our minds are far more scarier than any full frontal gore and blood, you know, that can be shown to you. When a gifted filmmaker can force you to use your own mind to scare you, that's how a film earns a 10 out of 10 from me. The subtle use of noises in the dark without showing you the source is a spine tingler for me. An example would be the mother is standing at the kitchen sink cutting up carrots the sound of a chair moving out from the table behind her while the camera remains on her eyes capturing her reaction. It's a simple technique, but very effective. Your mind has just put the devil sitting in the chair behind this woman. She turns to see the chair now facing her, empty. The mother goes out to the barn to calm the herd of goats. Something unseen is upsetting them. A string of cans and bells runs across one of the barn doors as an alarm system. Something hits it hard, but we don't see what it is. Moments like these make my skin crawl. Then, a flash of a pale face pops on the screen for a millisecond within the panicked herd of goats. Just enough of a glimpse to put an evil face in your mind, and then allows your mind to warp it into your definition of terror. Another great scene in this film is where Louise comes in from outside, shuts and locks the door. The camera follows her to the kitchen sink and then slowly pans back to the now open front door. Louise walks back to the door to shut it. On her way, she passes by her parents' room where a cloaked figure is standing in the doorway. All you see is his silhouette. She shuts and locks the door, and on her way back, the camera file is staying on her, and the figure that was standing there now appears to be her mother. The way it was filmed with just the panning of the camera back and forth, allowing you to see the changes in the room on your terms, and you find yourself kind of shaking your head like, whoa, did I see that? And then the figure appearing in the doorway, you know, and then coming back to it and now it's her mom it was done really well and just gave you the creeps because you start to question what you just saw i also noted the use of low lighting as another great scare tactic in this film even in the daytime scenes there was a just a dank and darkness while in the house you had the beams of light coming through the windows but it just seemed just still very dark along with low lighting The use of music, or lack thereof, is always an effective element as well in a horror film. Silence is so much scarier than an intense musical interlude during a horror movie. Sometimes just a couple of notes from an out-of-tune piano or violin is absolutely terrifying. Another aspect that made this film uneasy was the estranged energy and terrible communication of this sad family. Every conversation they had was so short and uncomfortable. 
I found myself wondering what a different outcome this movie would have had if they had simply banded together and talked about the shit that was going on around them. I think one of the most jarring scenes in this film had to be the shower scene. What is it with shower scenes? I mean, I get it. The shower is supposed to be a safe place, you know, being naked and vulnerable. Nothing bad is supposed to happen in there. Yeah, well, not in this movie. Louise is washing off her sins while she hears something come into the bathroom. She opens the curtain to find her comatose dad standing right by the curtain with grayed out eyes. Louise falls into the fetal position in the tub. Her father's head starts moving side to side unnaturally fast. Louise is understandably freaking out and screaming. Next thing you know, he's gone. Very scary. Oh, and no satanic movie would be complete without a creepy-ass priest. Xander Berkeley did an amazing job playing this haunting man of God. His voice is what got to me the most. He did it with a raspy, wheezy voice. And his movements just didn't seem natural. He looked very uncomfortable. We later discover, when the priest is calling to the kids from outside, that this is not a holy man. Michael shines a light on the priest's face to see his eyes white and a demonic expression is on his face. The phone rings, distracting the brother and sister. When they turn back, he is gone. Through every moment of this film, you can feel something dark and wicked, hence the name. You feel the devil watching this family. The best horror films are the ones that make you use your imagination. As I've said before, And it's a statement that I will stand by until the day I die. This is an incredibly sad film with no glimmer of hope. In the end, the entire family is killed and the devil takes over the body of the father. The focus of this film was to truly scare you, to which it succeeded. Rotten Tomatoes gave this film a 91%. IMDb gave it a 6.1 out of 10, which, hey, everybody has an opinion. And Horror Geek Life gave it a 4.6 out of 5. I had to watch a couple episodes of I Love Lucy just to be able to go to bed after I saw this film. And that, my friends, is why I give this horror movie a 10 out of 10. As I said in my first episode, there is so much we can learn from horror films. I think the moral lesson to take away from this movie is communicate with your loved ones. I saw so many opportunities in this movie where I felt that if they were just a little more open with one another, they could have saved each other and got the hell out of there. I've been seeing some very disturbing stories recently about mothers killing their children and fathers killing their entire families and sealing them in the walls of their houses. You can't help but wonder, could there be something dark and wicked driving these events, something demonic. I believe it's very possible. But I also have learned sometimes that people are just crazy. It's just an ever-present mystery. Another thing about this movie that I thought was very interesting is the figure that's haunting this family. It never came out that, you know, uh, was this indeed Satan? Uh, or the devil. That was never revealed. That was kind of left up to you to decide. 
And I thought that was brilliant. So in closing, I say The Dark and the Wicked is not for the faint of heart. It is a horror movie in the truest sense of the words. I tip my hat to Brian Bertino for bringing this terrifying story to life. My dream is to one day play a part in a great horror film like this that will stick with people for all time. I call this story The Demon in the Woods. I figured since I just reviewed a 10 out of 10 horror film that I would share with you a 10 out of 10 paranormal experience of mine. I still don't know exactly what to make of this encounter. It's very possible that what I experienced was just a very vivid dream, but my gut tells me that this was something more. I've never experienced a dream that actually left me with physical pain afterwards. So let me start from the beginning. This experience happened to me shortly before I moved to Florida in the summer of 2007. I was 21 years old at the time. I had just woken up. The sun was coming up over the tree line of the woods on our property. It was a warm morning. I had slept with the windows open that night. I stood up out of bed and something drew my attention to the window. I looked down towards the tree line, not at all prepared for what I was about to see. A man began crawling out of the overgrown bushes. He was crawling in a way that looked more animal than human, almost reptilian, like a Komodo dragon would walk. He was completely naked and covered in dirt. My heart was pounding. I was just about to move out of the window before he saw me, but I was too late. His eyes looked up and looked right into mine. It was like we were locked together in a stare down. I couldn't look away. I didn't recognize his face. He just kept staring at me. As I continued to stare back at him, his face started to change. His features were shifting. His mouth was changing shape, his eyebrows, his nose... I felt my jaw drop as I stared in paralyzing fear. He had morphed his face to look like me. A very maniacal grin came across his face. I remember feeling my heart beat through my whole body, like the kind of anxiety you feel right before you get into like a fist fight with someone. He opened his mouth and let out this guttural, deep scream. I could feel this unseen energy force its way into my mouth. It felt as if my body was filling up with air. I could feel my chest expanding. My skin was stretching like a balloon and being filled. I actually think this being, or what I believe was a demon, was trying to take over my body. I have no idea how I was able to do this, but I braced my hands on the window ledge and essentially vomited this invisible energy back out of my body. It felt like what I call power puking when you have a bad stomach flu. Once I expelled this energy, I looked back at the demon. I couldn't believe what just happened. I was trying to wrap my brain around it. Its face still looked like mine, 
it looked just as confused and surprised as I was that I was able to push the energy out of me. I knew I had to stand my ground here, though. I just kept staring back at him. He let out another growl to try to shake me. I remember feeling slightly relieved at this point because I knew I was somehow able to fight back. I didn't take my eyes off of him for what felt like at least a minute, which is really a long time when you're having a stare-down contest with a demon. He finally accepted that I wasn't going to be an easy target, and he slowly crawled backwards into the woods. My body hurt. I felt like someone let all the air out of me. I remember my joints and muscles ached so bad. I laid back down in bed. And here's where things really felt strange. When my head hit the pillow, I felt a shift. Almost like uh, like coming out of a trance. I laid in bed trying to make sense out of what just happened. I kept asking myself, could I have dreamt this whole thing? It's possible. But it felt so real. And I've never had a dream that... I felt real physical pain afterwards. I felt violated. I laid there for a good 20 minutes and literally debated with myself if this was real or not. I developed two theories. One, this was just an extremely vivid dream that felt so real that I somehow managed to materialize the pain that I was feeling. Or two, this was some sort of -of out-of-body experience. I think it's possible that my soul had left my body when I got out of bed to look out the window. I wonder if I was in some kind of different plane of reality with this other being or demon. I think it was trying to destroy my ethereal energy so that he could jump into my body. Maybe when I laid back down in bed, I was slipping back into my body and back to this plane of reality. That could explain what that strange shift I felt was. Kind of like what goes on in the movie Insidious, if you've ever seen it. But this happened long before that movie ever came out. I didn't share this story with anyone for a very long time. I thought that this was one of those stories that people might get locked up for, you know? And I'm sorry, but straight jackets just aren't a good look for me. I've always kept an open mind about the paranormal, but I'm not naive. I always look for a rational explanation before just accepting what I'm seeing is indeed supernatural. This experience is one that, to this day, I'm not 100% sure what truly happened. But it's also one that left me with real physical pain. And that truly terrified me. I thank you very much for tuning in to my horror section. In my last episode, I asked for you to try and surprise me with a horror film that I'd never seen. My uncle actually surprised me with one that I'd never heard of, called Incident in a Ghostland. I'm looking forward to checking it out and reporting back how bad it shook my boots. For my next episode in two weeks, I'd love to share a scary story of yours. Email me at horrorsection.steve at outlook.com for a chance to have your story read right here on my show. 
My next film review is one of the first horror movies that I can remember seeing, and it was a doozy for a four-year-old. <laughs> 1988's Night of the Demons. As always, I recommend watching this movie before listening to my next episode. This movie is available on Apple TV and Amazon Prime Video. It's also available on Blu-ray and DVD. Steve's Horror Section is an independently produced podcast. If you would like to become a supporter of the show and gain access to exclusive content, please visit my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Steve's Horror Section. The music and sound effects on my show are provided by Epidemic Sound. See you next time.